the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for the Alpha Wealth Hour, presented by the Alpha Wealth Group, the show that helps teach you how to make the right moves with regard to investment planning, tax savings, and estate protection. Are you ready to better understand the financial chaos? Here's your host, Tom Fortino. Good morning, everyone. Is always a great show. In fact, I would say a special show for you today. We've got a lot to get into today, as always. You know my mantra. I'm an investment advisor rep. We are an active money manager. Uh, you know, but we're a little different by design. And you've heard me talk about this week in and week out. It's not about uh, one thing. It's not about a product. It's not about growing to a certain number. It's really about five things. As I say, what is your plan about? It's about having an income plan, income you can't outlive. It's about having a tax plan. What are you doing to minimize taxes? Also minimize the threat of them in retirement. What are you doing as far as having an investment plan? What is your asset protection plan? You're an asset. How are you protecting yourself and your family? And then also your estate and legacy plan. Those are the five building blocks of your plan. And today, though, we're going to focus on one aspect of that. Uh, as I said, we have a special guest who I'm going to introduce in just one minute here. We're going to talk about investments, that one piece of your plan. And I think more than ever, as we ha- we're dealing with this market and conditions, wow, this is a good time to talk about it. Now, Scott Martin is our guest. Many of you have probably seen him. He's the chief investment officer of Kingsview Wealth Management, uh, a registered investment advisory firm here in Chicago. He also serves as a contributor on Fox News. That's why I said many of you have probably seen him. He's on there quite often on the Fox Business Channel. He does a great job. And uh, he's also a contributor to the Futures Institute of Chicago Mercantile Exchange. I could go on a frequent speaker and lecturer. Uh, he started out, to, or previous to what he's doing now, he was a uh, wealth management firm in New York City. He was the chief market strategist there. He was a, contrib- a contributor to the Wall Street Journal, Investors Business Daily, and on. As I said, we could continue to go on. Uh, quite a le- lengthy uh, resume here. Certainly significant bona fides. So, Scott, I just want to introduce you, and, and thank you for, um, for being appearing on our show today. And uh, we have a lot to cover, so thank you. We do, Tom, and thank you for having me. And, uh, yes, you can always go on about my background if you wish. So, uh, please, uh, that was a good intro. And uh, There's much more, though. Information to, exactly, exactly. And I'm still building it. I'm still, uh, still, still improving every day, just kind of like the, uh, the markets of late, I guess. Well, I don't know if you want to start right with just kind of a broad overview or let's just talk about the markets. I mean, there's a lot of angst I'm sure you're hearing about or feeling it. People are confused. They hear people saying, well, we're in a bear market, really, or this is the market's rallied over the past week and a half, two weeks, and it's really just to move up and it's an opportunity to sell. I mean, what would you say if someone said to describe this market or what you feel overall? What's the general sense of what's going on? Yeah, the market's really choppy actually right now. And I think the market is searching for a, a appropriate level of price. Uh, we have a lot kind of going across the, the, the face of the market with respect to geopolitical issues. The Federal Reserve is now on an interest rate hiking uh, mantra. And interest rates, as they affect earnings going forward, Tom, are affecting how stocks are trading because valuations are going to be moving around a good bit as earnings get impacted by this new regime. So 
the market is choppy, uh, to, say, to use a word, and looking for price discovery. But as an individual investor, as somebody with uh, goals and financial plans, this is an opportunity to pick off things, as we saw in January and February, for example, when the markets got way down and way too far south, that was a good opportunity to pick up value because stocks trade emotionally most of the time. And when they trade emotionally, say, in a more uh, depressive manner, as they have been year, year to date, that's an opportunity to find price and find things on the cheap and then hold it long term and make some money. So what would you say to someone that said, look, with all of these things going to look, energy is going through the roof. Uh, we've got the Fed is talking about increasing rates. We've got this uh, administration that is just refusing to open up our energy. I mean, you know, with all these things going on, there's just this market. I, I, I need to exit this market or there's no chance this market's going to, uh, you know, in fact, there's been discussion of recession, of course. I mean, how do you react to someone's comment like that? Because you, you're saying there's opportunity. Um Whereas I think you're going to get some people saying, you know, the, the bearish sentiment or the, or the concern of the average investor who's, you know, again, is getting emotional about this. Very true. And market sentiment, to your point, because of oil, because of inflation, is, is, is low. Uh, the, the overall investor, say, attitude is, is not great at the moment because of all those kind of cross currents. But what, what we have said to a lot of our clients and a lot of the portfolios that, that we manage, Tom, that are based on looking at company fundamentals, and looking at the strength that companies have on, say, their balance sheets and in their earnings reports, we're finding a lot of good companies that are attractively valued here. And so while energy is a concern, energy policy is definitely a concern, as, as D.C. has played it, uh, the reality is we've had these situations before, many, many times, in fact, in the last 10 to 15 years that I can remember, where the market has gotten down to levels because of this fear, because of this angst, that were actually attractive. And so... Sticking to something that is uh, a proven track record, a proven history of searching for, screening for companies that are likely to bounce back strongly when the markets get it together, let's say, is the way to kind of combat, I think, what's right now a very volatile environment because of oil and inflation. Mm -hmm. So are you saying um, the broad indexes, which I think a lot of people are, are in, right? You're buying index funds, you're owning the index um, how do how do these how do you react to that? I mean, you're talking about valuations. Are are they high now? And what do you do? I mean, what do you own? Yeah, so valuations are are both uh, not not high but not low either because right? the market has bounced back quite a bit from some of the lows in February. So the market is about I would say appropriately priced for what we know today. We do invest in indexes, so we do buy broad market indices. We buy sector indexes as well. So. Maybe that could be consumer staples, that could be consumer discretionary names, and so forth. But the reality is we buy those because we find value in where their price level is. And so when you have a reaction like we had in the markets year-to-date, and we had prices come way down, come too far down in our opinion, we took some of those opportunities to reevaluate some of the some of the stocks that were in some of those indexes, some of the sectors that we wanted to own, some of the broad market indexes themselves vis-a-vis some foreign indexes and so forth, especially with what's going on in Ukraine, and found some value in basically what the price levels were and, mm -hmm. and proceeded to buy them. So it would someone, if someone said to you, well, look, I'm going to raise cash right now. I just want to kind of sit on the sidelines. Um, how do you feel about that strategy? Because I've, I've come across some people that said, look, I, I'm just going to exit out of this for a while. Yeah, n not a bad strategy because it will uh, get you out of the way of some of the volatility that's out there. But... 
the problem is with that is if you go to the sidelines now, and we have, have, have had a little bit of a comeback for the equity market so that, you know, you didn't get out at the lows exactly. But the reality is you have to get back in as well, because as we know, stock markets, especially in the United States, are positively sloped, meaning they go up over time. So when we have a market like this that's very volatile, moving around a couple percent, one percent a day, getting out is one thing, but getting back in is completely another. And so usually when markets are acting like this, Tom, because of the news of the day, let's say, the news get, will get worse before it's actually in concert with when the market gets better, meaning that by the time the news gets good, it's probably too late to get back in. Mm-hmm. So the market will typically preempt, just like it does on the downside, it will preempt on the upside when things are going to clear up. So what we tell a lot of our clients is as long as your asset allocation is intact with what your risk profile tends to be, you need to kind of hang in there and, and kind of hang on for the ride. Now, that doesn't mean you just have to turn a blind eye to it, but maybe do some massaging around the edges, maybe change up some of the asset classes, you know, sell some of the bonds, buy things like gold. Uh, some folks are buying crypto as a hedge. Um, other people are buying things like real estate instead of bonds that pay a nice yield. And so you just have other things in the portfolio for the current environment that will hang in there when the markets get volatile, as they have been. Well, you mentioned a couple of things, so I do want to come back to that, the bonds, the gold, these other things, and maybe even some sectors that we can talk about. But I, what I wanted to do for just one second is for any of those people that are interested, you know, we talked about this before, Scott, that we have some, some uh, information we get out to you. We can't cover everything, so I always try to offer some additional information that can help you as you t- take a look at your investment plan, that one piece of your overall plan. So the, your market commentary, uh, your, your strategies, some of these things that, that will be helpful. I'll, I'll also provide our organizers and some of our worksheets that you can start to use to start to create an investment plan. Anyone that wants that, or I'll even take it one step further. For those of you that really want to take a look at your portfolios, understand where your risks are, understand um, what maybe how you might want to uh, position your portfolio so it matches with your goals and objectives. So give us a call at 630-934-1855. That's 630-934-1855. You give us a call in the next few minutes. We'll make sure we get out the information again on, on some portfolio strategies as well as some of the market commentary, some investment planning ideas, and, and also some of the worksheets that we offer. Give us a call. And for those, as I said, that want to schedule some time, We'll do a complete portfolio x-ray. We'll take a look at your portfolio and uh, and see what look under the hood and see what we can come up with. So, again, 630-934-1855. Scott, let me get back to you mentioned we made these comments. And, oh boy, this is one area that I think a lot of people um, bonds. I guess we can have a conversation on these. These seem to be somewhat problematic in the sense that, you know, it used to be, I, I don't know if I'm using the right term here. I mean, safe haven, maybe not. But, you know, they're down year over year. They were down last year, at least if we look at the aggregate bond index. And it's like, okay, my, the stocks are down, but at least 40% of my portfolio is in, a, in these bonds, so at least they can be up. But they're down too. So how, what do you, how do you approach that? First, what are your thoughts on owning bonds now and going forward and, and you know, that whole issue with bonds today? Yes. Bonds, uh, Tom, still do have a place in your portfolio. Uh, okay. Probably not as much of a places they once did just because as you mentioned uh they've been correlating with equities which means that they've been going down along with equity markets which is not uh what they're supposed to be doing so um when bonds are correlating with other asset classes like commodities or equities or what have you real estate usually that's not a great time to own them because they're not providing any additional 
it's a volatility dampener to your portfolio. However, um, interest rates have rocketed up. In fact, if you look at the 10-year Treasury note, Tom, which is the benchmark kind of measurement of interest rates, it's doubled since last August. So while that's a scary thing to think about, it did just move from, say, 1.2 to 2.4, which was just getting off the ground. However, um, in our opinion, interest rates are going to settle down here sometime this year, meaning that bonds will once again be attractive. And so the markets have, in our opinion, overreacted a bit to the Federal Reserve hiking interest rates as well as the inflation picture. But that doesn't mean that bonds can't go against you further this year. It just means that a lot of the move in bonds so far this year um, has been likely due to a little bit of an overreaction to things. So while we still do have some bonds in the portfolio and are watching the correlation value that they provide, meaning that we would only like to have uh, a good allocation to bonds if they do provide that non-correlating uh, kind of return information or return profile. Um, we've actually taken on a little bit more of a commodity exposure, uh, Tom, in our portfolios mm-hmm. instead of bonds or things like gold, uh, just because of the fact that gold is not acting like anything right now. It's acting on its own. And so that's actually the real value. And one of the reasons that you have bonds in your portfolio is to not act like other things. And so what we've done is we've taken down some of the bond exposure. As I mentioned, we still do have some bond exposure and have replaced some of those uh, fixed income securities with something in the commodity space, for example, like gold. So when you hear the traditional 60-40, and, and, and so when we're talking about people that are nearing retirement or in retirement or just maybe are more conservative, I know that's kind of, I don't want to say if it's, it's old-fashioned or antiquated to say a 60-40. It's just that 40% that's not in the market. Um, I guess two questions. One, do you agree with, you? Got, you know, as you... As you approach retirement or or whatever your risk tolerance is, you have you, you know being one hundred percent in the market cannot may maybe not is a may, is maybe not appropriate, and then also that portion that is not as you said non correlated or a volatility buffer, you know you're saying you would um, you know is that how you would still model it? But you 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 would have that fixed piece would be a combination of maybe bonds and some sectors or some non correlated assets, right? Correct. Maybe some commodities because commodities are, are obviously up this year because of the inflation scares and some of the geopolitical issues. So they're providing a lot of value. And, and I agree with you. Um, not to use the word antiquated, I guess, like you said, but to maybe use this, the word standard when it comes to kind of a portfolio construct. Um, there's just times, Tom, in our opinion, when that 60-40, if it's equity to fixed income, doesn't work. And I think that's obvious uh, year to date so far and certainly into the end of last year. So what you have to do is keep that 60-40 in mind as you approach retirement, if that happens to be a risk profile. But just know that that 40% can extend to other things, as we mentioned, things that provide that non-correlating value mm-hmm. so that not everything is moving the same direction with the same kind of vigor <laughs> every time. Okay. Yeah, I was just um, – so when you're looking at that uh, at that, that piece of your portfolio, um, you know – as a position, it's kind of hard to give a percentage because I get this question a decent amount, which is I, I'm thinking about purchasing gold, and you mentioned that as among, but there's others too. I mean, there's other. You could buy the commodity index too as part of it, or would you target maybe one, one or two, or the, a combination of things? And what percent? Yeah, you, you could you could you could spread it out amongst several commodities. Uh, there's a couple indexes out there that have even some of the soft commodities like even grains and wheat and soybeans and sugar. Um, and then there's other commodity indexes that are just precious metals, for example. And it, it just depends on kind of what your your goals are. However, I do believe that given the environment that we're in, it's good to spread out to as many commodities as you can. As I mentioned, we've been doing uh, gold and some other commodities on our side. 
Um, but gold is one thing that is pretty, not even say standard in a portfolio, but pretty easy to put into a portfolio and pretty, pretty easy to get out of as well with respect to the ETFs and investments that are out there for gold. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at maybe diversifying your bonds a little bit, and again, to capture some of that non-correlation benefit, gold is a great place to start. Okay. All right. Let me make that offer again. I, I know I offered it earlier, but let me offer it again. As we're talking, I'm here, I'm talking with Scott Martin, Chief Investment Officer of uh, Kingsview Management, Wealth Management, also a Fox News contributor, as I said before, probably next time you're watching Fox Business, you'll see him and say, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, I heard him. So um, he is, uh, like I said, he's on there quite often. He's always has pearls of wisdom, and I, I, that's why we had him here today. And I hope this is being very helpful to you as far as in your investment plan, how you view these investments. Um, and so I wanted to offer some of the portfolio commentary, the strategy um, overviews, and uh, I'll include some other information on there. It's all about creating an investment plan as part of you. If I asked you uh, directly to say, okay, can you describe your investment plan to me? Could you? You know, it could be as simple as I have 60-40 as we talked about it, whatever it is, but can you describe it? I think all too often we're really not sure what we own. Um, you know, there's that uncertainty. We may have an old 401k and two IRAs. That's another thing we need to get organized and get a plan together in conjunction with our overall retirement plan. So I want to offer this packet for anybody that wants it. You give us a call. We'll get it out to you. There's no cost or obligation. Give us a call at 630-934-1855. That's 630-934-1855 to get this investment planning packet. It's the information on, um, on some of these strategies we're talking about. Of course, the market overview and, and I know this is unsettling, and it's and I think Scott, you can comment. It's, it's it's when we talk about emotions, and this is really tough. It's in a way disheartening. You know, we want to create as much. There's there's always going to I guess maybe I shouldn't say this. Maybe a certain level of uncertainty, but you know, you control what you can and create a plan. I think that's pretty important when it comes to right. When you would you say that as far as having a plan? I guess uh, maybe oversimplified. Um, I think it's good advice. And I think the other thing is be prepared. And by prepared, I mean, obviously, to your point, know what you own and know what you have in your portfolio so you're aware of what you're actually invested in. Mm -hmm. But secondarily, Tom, I think you have to be prepared for the environment, which means that when the markets are bouncing around everywhere, when there's a lot of geopolitical angst, when there is a new Fed regime with the raising of interest rates, as I mentioned, um, you have to be prepared for things to be a little less uh, smooth, let's say, than they have been the last couple of years. And the markets will be volatile at times and they'll be calm at times. That's just what happens. Markets are emotional. So you, just as we're entering into what's been a, an emotional period, a volatile period, this will soon end at some point and the markets will go back up and they will go back to a period of time when they're less volatile. So just be prepared that that's part of kind of the investing landscape and you have to take the good with the bad sometimes. And just know that the good will come back. The sun will come out again. It's always darkest before dawn. And uh, the markets are positively slow. So yeah. there is light at the end of the tunnel. It's just we have to get to the end of the tunnel first. Yeah, and part of that is, you said, having a plan that you can stick to and, and, and not have to make these emotional decisions. So you would not agree with the statement that this time it's different. It's never different. Maybe the tenor <laughs> or the tone is different. You know, okay. the, the circumstances maybe slightly different, but it's the same emotional reaction. The market shoots first and asks questions later, uh, gets to price levels that are obviously oversold, as we've seen in February, and then it constructs itself back, and it, and it reconstructs uh, and goes back to appropriate levels. So you just have to be prepared for that to be uh, almost as normal as a, as a normal market environment when things 
are not volatile. Well, okay, so I guess that would leave my next question. So inflation. Um, I know no one knows for you just, but what are your thoughts? I, I, I guess I'll just leave it kind of open-ended. Where are we going with this? I mean, what's, and it's obviously very impactful and I guess energy kind of feeds into all of this. I don't know that whole, where, 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 you know, where do we go? <laughs> energy does. Energy is a big component. If you think about how much energy factors into transportation, production, uh, materials, everything. So that's one component. Um, the other component is the fact that we have supply chain issues that are still going on out there. So the um, the inflation situation is one that is a little perplexing because it's not necessarily demand driven completely, meaning it's not like there's you know thousands and thousands of people out there clamoring for one car, um, you know, that's on the on the on the new car lot. It happens to be the fact that there's a lot of demand for things, sure, but uh, supply is low. Mm-hmm. So with inflation as it is, uh, depending on your favorite index, depending on your favorite measurement, let's call it 7%-ish uh, year over year, it's going to go higher. However, the thing that is not getting talked about, and I've talked about this on Fox several times, the rate of inflation or the rate of increase, uh, Tom, is actually decreasing. So what I mean by that is before we were going up by a couple percentage points every other month or every few months, and now that's down to about 1% every few months or so, and it probably will continue to decrease at a decreasing rate. So inflation is not something that is going to go away per se, but the fact that it's going to get markedly worse is probably not going to happen either. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, as far as this whole supply chain, the inflation and all that, it's, it's just ultimately some of this is going to get worked out over time. We would think. Correct. And okay. Even with this administration. I, well, so here's the thing. Uh, businesses will probably take the reins on that. You know, we're, we definitely cannot uh, rely on the administration for any help, quote unquote, because they're they're not obviously providing it. But the the companies involved, Tom, in transporting the goods, making the goods, producing the goods are are going to rise above. Now, what the problem with that is they still need access to to materials and things like that and production, uh, production measurements and things as such. So the fact that a lot of that stuff is still shut down or now being bottlenecked because of the situation in Ukraine is a little bit concerning, but hopefully that's more of a short-term problem than a long-term one. And then of course we're just coming out of COVID where we had a two year complete disruption in supply chains. We had a major disruption to shipping containers, shipping lines, obviously labor was impacted. So those are starting to get better. And so now we have to probably work our way through as far as the supply chain kinks with this latest uh, geopolitical dust-up in Eastern Europe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know we were talking about this earlier. Maybe this is anecdotal, but, you know, O'Hare Airport is packed. You go out to eat, it's crazy. You were just talking about traffic. Seems like it's uh, back to pre-pandemic levels. I went into a supply store with my wife, not too long ago to get a faucet. Place was packed. I don't know, is that, is there any, again, it's anecdotal, but can you take anything away from that? I think it's a good sign, largely, uh, because it just shows you that the economy is ready to grow again, and ready to grow on its own. Um, I do believe, though, you're right. It, it's kind of a little bit of a shock to the system uh, because we haven't been really used to this, and the system has to be able to handle it. I mean, if you look at O'Hare, as you mentioned, for example, there's still less flights uh, out there now than there were pre-pandemic. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of the airlines are getting back to a more normal schedule, but because of labor issues uh, and, and, of course, uh, some of the issues with some of the planes, things have been a little bit uh, on a modified schedule. But 
in the next several months, as the economy adjusts, as businesses adjust, I think it's actually going to be a, a great sign that traffic is, is bad, if that's even worth saying, <laughs> yeah. just because of the fact that it goes to show you that people are out there and spending money and moving around. Yeah, don't complain, in other words. Be happy that we're getting back to normal. I've said that. I'm, I'm not going to complain this time. So, um, But we're coming up. We, got, we have only a little time left here. Again, I want to, again, extend this offer as far as some of the information. I know we're covering a lot of ground here. We've got Scott Martin uh, on. He's the Chief Investment Officer of Kings U Wealth Management right here in the Chicagoland area in Chicago. He's also a Fox uh, Business News contributor. Again, many of you have probably seen him on there, um, and now you'll, you can look for him going forward here. Uh, but, uh, you know, we want to offer some of the portfolio commentary, some of the things he's talking about. I would call it more of an investment planning kit. We'll put this together for you. There's no cost or obligation. It's really an opportunity to start to get one of those pieces of your plan in place which is your investment plan, and feel good about it. Start to take control and do some things. So anyone that wants that, give us a call. We'll get it out to you in the next few minutes. 630-934-1855. Again, no cost or obligation. 630-934-1855. Certainly, if you have any questions, email us. Go to my website, alphawealthgroup.com. We'll give you information of something that's specific to you. Coming up, we want to get into, I guess there's a question here about a recession. We're going to talk about value stocks. Is that something we want to look into? A lot of other things to get into. Please stick around. You'll see Tom Fortino and Scott Martin here on the Alpha Wealth Hour. Welcome back to the Alpha Wealth Hour. This is Tom Fortino, and as I said, uh, we have a special guest today, Scott Martin. He's the Chief Investment Officer of Kingsview Wealth Management right here in Chicago. And uh, and as I've said already, you've probably seen him before on Fox News, Fox Business. Um, he's on with Charles Payne. He's been on with Neil Cavuto. He's been on with, I think, everyone in, on that station. And uh, he's on quite often. It's interesting. Sometimes, Scott, I'm in my office, and there's you, there you are talking. And I've been with a client, or someone will say, you know, I'll bring him out. We'll get to watch you on TV in some of your commentary, which is always good. And so I appreciate that. And we now you, we have you here in person to help out um, anyone listening today. So. You're welcome. And hopefully that doesn't ruin your day when you uh, <laughs> see me interrupting your uh, client meetings. You know what I mean? They always say, what a good looking guy. That's what I always say. I always get that comment. That's, I just want that's to TV makeup. That's all TV makeup. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, we could go through. I, at the beginning of the show, we talked about your your background. I'll call it your resume. Where you're chief market strategist for a firm in New York. Uh, you also have contributed to the Wall Street Journal, Investors Business Daily, Washington Post. Again, we can go on. Um, been doing this a long time. How many years would you say? Twenty three. Twenty three. Wow. So. Um, we're talking about, um, you know, he's portfolio manager, a number of, of, of portfolios, and we're able to use those for our clients. I should mention that, which is really exciting. And uh, so we offered, I'm going to offer this again, some of his portfolio commentary, some information on his portfolio strategies. And as we talked about having an investment plan, let me make that offer um, real quickly here, and we're going to get into some other topics as far as the recession, overall investment planning, emotions, uh, international investing, and all these things. Well, again, let me offer this planning, this investment planning kit that has the, all this information for you. There's no cost or obligation. We'll get it out to you. Uh, 630-934-1855. 630-934-1855. I think it's going to be helpful for you to take a look at your, your investment plan, start to get something in place. And that's really what's important here. For those of you that want help now, I will I'll extend this offer. 
Um, anyone that is 500000 or more that wants to sit down, we'll go through your portfolio with you. We'll do a complete portfolio analysis. We'll also go through some of the strategies we just were talking about today. You'll get to learn about those and see how maybe they can work in your strategies to get you to a better place, to help get you to a better place, I should say. That's really what it's all about. So, again, give us a call, 630-934-1855, 630-934-1855 for the investment packet, as well as if you'd like to schedule some time to get together. Okay, let me get back into this, Scott. We were talking about, I guess there's a couple areas we can really get into. I guess we can start with one of the concerns, and this maybe leads into the emotions as well. We keep hearing, I've heard someone say the other day, out of the last eight, eight increases in the Fed rates, the last eight times the Fed did some tightening, um, six out of the eight, we went into a recession. I think that was the statistic. So he's saying two out of eight or, or 25% of the time, it didn't. So we have a 75% chance of going into a recession. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I'm sure it's, it, you know, we hear some of these things and it scares the average investor. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Sure. And there are a lot of stats that one could circulate around the Federal Reserve and hiking interest rates or cutting rates and so forth. So uh, that's the fun aspect of being a portfolio manager as I am is that uh, you can always play with statistics and tell the story that you want to tell. Um, mm-hmm. And I would just kind of highlight that while uh, those numbers may make us all think, okay, a recession's coming because the Fed's hiking rates, and like you said, it's about a 75% hit uh, ratio to a recession after that. The reality is that's a different Fed as well, meaning that there's different uh, Fed governors, there's a different Fed chairman during that time, so or those times in the past. So in the sense of uh, this is the same rate hike as it was before uh, the other times. That's not so certain with respect to how much the Fed is going to actually hike rates and mm-hmm. or how much the Fed is going to end up, uh, let's say, doing uh, other quantitative tightening or things, Tom, that are going to be detrimental to the economy. Because you know, this is Jerome Powell's, uh, he's, he's well into his chairmanship. He's got his, his second run as, a, as Fed chairman now uh, under Biden as he got renominated or mm-hmm. reappointed. And this has been a very accommodated Federal Reserve, meaning that they have been very, very adherent to the market performance and the market's health. And so they may not be as stringent as other Fed chairmen have been in the past. And what that basically means is if they do hike rates a couple times in the next few months, if that does knock the market, say, off the uh, pedestal, doubt that they would end up stopping the rate hikes or Mm -hmm. maybe even do a couple other things that might actually be a little bit more stimulative because it's most likely that that would coincide with a slowing economy, which they don't want to, uh, say, step on the neck of the economy if it's already slowing down. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So we may not see these six, seven, eight more hikes that they continue to talk about. You're, you're saying that could change, and they could pivot depending on what happens in the economy, and which could, you know, maybe be positive for the market. Correct. And, and, and Chairman Powell has said as much. He, he talked about this after they did the first rate hike uh, just a couple weeks ago, with respect to how this is one of several that they're planning, but they're willing to pivot, to use your word, if things change. Mm-hmm. And I think that's somewhat reassuring because rates do need to come up, but they don't need to come up if inflation is, uh, say, maligned as it has been, mm-hmm. or if the markets and economy are, are in a bad state because that's not a good environment to be raising interest rates. So rather than... As far as when we talk about the recessions, it's almost like you just, there's no use in trying to predict it. I don't want to pull words in anyone's mouth there, so I'm just asking. It's again, stick to the plan, 
Is that would that be an accurate way to say it? Because a lot of people are predicting this, and, and and would you say no one can predict it? Agreed. And okay. I think when you you think you have it figured out is usually when you don't. Uh, usually when the consensus is uh, all on one side, it's usually the other side that's the correct side. So as long as you have a plan and you have a, a, a mapped out strategy with the correct asset allocation, and like I said, a little bit of an ability to move and shake when when the markets move and shake. That's important, and that That's will it. get you through a lot of these tough times that we're seeing year to date. So, when you say move and shake, you mean you could make a, an allocation or a move? It's always, it, I, I, and again, I don't want to put an exact number on it, but it could say, "Look, I'm going to reposition five to ten percent of my portfolio or something." You, you know, it's not going to be these big, huge moves because, you know, again, we can't be sure. It's, it's, but that, would that be an accurate way to, 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 I guess, frame it? Correct. And I think one of the things that you should do as an investor is, is look at what you own and know what you own. And if things are acting similarly to other things in the portfolio, you probably don't need all those things. Uh, we tend to uh, ascribe to the value or the belief that positions are, are made best in a portfolio if they are accretive, meaning that if they do different things at different times. Right. So, yes, if, if you own different things in your portfolio, but they're all doing the same thing, uh, that's kind of pointless because they're all going to go down or they're all going to go up together when you can add things to your portfolio that may not be correlated that can actually yeah. provide some additional value, deliver some alpha, limit beta, and so forth. Yeah, yeah. It's good when everything's going up, but it's a problem when we have things going down. Every, yeah. Um, and that's actually one of the things we do. I mean, you bring that up, the correlation of your investments. I, I made this offer before, and again, if you want to... Uh, come to the office and we can schedule a time. We'll do part of this portfolio analysis. We'll go through some of the strategies that Scott is talking about and how um, you know how those are structured and can they be incorporated into what you're currently doing. But you're also going to be able to see your risk levels, what you own, what sectors you're in. Also, you know what is the correlation with the investments you have and what can we do? Uh, what are some ideas that we can share with you to minimize some of that correlation? Um, and maybe, hopefully, with the intent of trying to minimize risk and continue to so you have an investment plan that you can feel good about, feel comfortable with. So anyone that wants to take advantage of that, give us a call. There's no cost or obligation to this. You know, I'm confident in saying you'll walk out of there feeling, well, first of all, you'll know what you have. You'll know where you stand, and you'll be able to hopefully make some informed decisions. So give us a call. Again, this is for the complimentary portfolio analysis as well as all the investment strategies we can get into. 630-934-1855, 630-934-1855. If you want some of the information sent to you, please let us know. We will get it out to you as well. So this is all part of creating this investment plan. So as I said, control what you can, know what you have. And so when these things are happening, as we're talking about today with Scott Martin, you know, as far as the, these, these concerns about what's happening with inflation, the market, all of these opinions, you can have a plan that you can stick to and uh, and uh, and have some, like I said, ha- know where you're going. Um, we were going to talk about a couple other things here, and then we we'll maybe can summarize some of the points you're making today, which makes some good points. How do you feel about, because uh, I've been hearing this uh, as well, if you're going to construct a portfolio, which I think you've said, you know, you want to make, you want to have a certain level of, uh, you know, risk, depending on where you're at, some is going to be in the market, not all of it. Again, depending on where you're at, some is going to be in these assets that, whether it's maybe some sorts of bonds or commodities or, or some, uh, some sectors. Um, what do you, how do you feel about international and emerging markets? We hear a lot about that. There's, is there a place for those in the portfolio? There is, actually. There is a, there's a small place right now. I mean, obviously, with things 
somewhat tumultuous overseas, there's a reason to be, I think, a little cautious. Um, but over time, there's a good reason to own those things, Tom, because of the fact that they actually have a value with respect to growth. Now, the only thing I would caution, though, is I wouldn't own international stocks all the time, but I would pick and choose my points just because of the fact that they tend to be very volatile and they tend to go up a lot, but they also go down a lot. Mm -hmm. So what that means is I believe it's a portfolio holding that one should have, but you don't want to have it all the time because there's times when, like we've seen even in the last couple of years, when international markets have not performed well, while domestic markets have been very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I and I, I don't know if you ever looked at those target date funds, a lot of these 401ks, and I just this would be just uh, a comment. I've looked at them, and in, 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 in whether it's Vanguard, um, T. Rowe Price, it doesn't matter. Fidelity, they have those uh, 2035 funds, 2040, 2025 funds. What's interesting is the the equity portion of that, uh, in many cases, you know, uh, is 30 or 40 percent of it is in international, and. Um, so I would just let people know you, you want to really uh, take a look at those funds because they're default funds in 401ks, and many people have those target date lifestyle funds, whatever they may be called, and they're heavy internationals. So I think to your point, you have to be careful. I mean, I, like I said, I've seen in a in a portfolio um, international, the equity part of it being 40%, and I think you would probably agree that's maybe a little too much, international exposure. Yeah, way too much, actually. <laughs> I would probably say, depending on the aggressiveness of the investor, you're looking at, I think, a maximum of maybe 15%. Okay. Um, but like I said, that's not a static portfolio holding either, because there's times when you don't want to have international, like especially right now. Mm -hmm. Well, um, let me ask you then another one where we were talking about how we, we create our portfolios. And even for some of these, where you're looking at your 401k or you're, you're, you're trying to pick funds, I guess, um, is as opposed to individual stocks. We hear the discussion um, quite a bit about value versus growth. Uh, where do you fall there? I mean, uh, I guess let's describe it, and then, you know, where, what are your thoughts on that in the portfolio? So value and growth actually work in tandem with each other. Um, you know, the S&P 500, Tom, which is what the major index is that a lot of folks track when it comes to equity, is made up of both value and growth stocks. And there's times when you want to own value and times when you want to own growth. But in our opinion, that's a obviously a difficult call to make sometimes because sometimes value performs very well uh, as it has been this year, and there's other times that growth performs very well as it has in the last couple of years. So value and growth are just great components of a portfolio to have. And similar to what I was talking about with international, you can slide or you can massage the allocations to value versus growth and growth versus value depending on the environment. And in a couple of the portfolio strategies that we run, um, we look at different profiles within the value and growth, say sectors or breakdowns of the stocks, to determine what stocks, based on fundamentals, looking at net income, looking at total revenues, looking at price-to-earnings ratios, all these fundamental kind of aspects. And we figure out what is valuable as far as the value stocks and what's growth as far as the growth stocks, meaning what do we want to own out of value and growth to kind of complement the portfolio and give us the total allocation that's going to work in the, in the, in the current environment. How would you um, uh, define value versus growth? Is it just that when you just take a look at it, those are the, the traditional dividend-paying stocks, that's value, and the growth are kind of the high-fly, again, I shouldn't maybe use these terms, but the, the companies that are growing at large amount, you know, they're not paying dividends typically, they're reinvesting, they maybe have high PEs, 
Correct. Yes, that, definitely PE. So uh, PE ratios are key to kind of determining what's value and growth. And as you mentioned, growth stocks typically do not pay dividends. So those are more on your, your tech side of things and your, your value stocks tend to be more on like the consumer staple side of things or healthcare, things like that. And the difference, like you said, is basically what do they do with their free cash and what's their kind of price if, with respect to what their earnings are? Because um, value companies or value-based companies will tend to have lower what's called P.E. ratios. Growth companies tend to have higher P.E. ratios, meaning that investors, uh, folks in the marketplace will pay uh, higher prices typically for growth stocks because they're paying for future growth and value stocks are kind of more of a of a steady eddy type of portfolio as we've seen mm-hmm. uh, portfolio component as, we, as we've seen this year where value stocks have been the standout while growth stocks have been hurt as the market has fallen and rates have gone up interest rates so then I'm, I, I have a couple more questions here and by the way we're talking with Scott Martin he's the chief investment officer of Kingsview Wealth Management he's also a Fox business contributor as I've said you probably seen him on there many times. He's he's on at different on many of the shows, whether it's Charles Payne, Neil Cavuto, Stu Varney, and so on. Um, and so that um, you know, I wanted to have him on here because he's he's been doing this over twenty years, and uh, he's got a lot to offer. And I hope this has been helpful to everyone. Uh, I did want to talk about a couple quick things. Well, maybe I'll just jump right to. I want to talk a little bit more about technology because I know that's that's technically a growth sector. We're talking about growth versus value. I mean, is that kind of a hold where you're just going to say, no matter what, I'm holding on to technology? I mean, it's it's going nowhere. That's the future? It's not going to leave us, that's for sure. Uh, tech is only going to get better and better. Uh, to your point about the sector itself, it's been challenging. Um, tech has been a, a challenging sector to own, really, for the last six months. Um, so what we've done, Tom, in a couple of our stock portfolios is we've picked out, say, the best fundamentally strong or the best tech stocks that we think have, have the, the most chance of going up in the current environment. And then secondarily, in the sector strategies that we run, we've, we've bought the tech sector on and off over the last couple of years based on, on fundamental on valuation. But I don't believe that tech is something that you should run from. Um, but as we've seen this year mm-hmm. and in the last, say, six months, there's been other times to own other securities and other sectors. So tech is not one that you can just buy and hold and keep in there forever. But tech is one of those, say, areas of the market that will do very well over time because of the fact that, that markets do go up over time. They are positively sloped. And usually they're positively sloped because tech companies are a big part of it. You know, and just I'll make another a comment here. You know, uh, as far as owning some of these things, uh, do the, your due diligence. Take a look. Understand what you want to own. But you can the, the, the nice thing about these exchange-traded funds is if you want to own gold, that's GLD. You know, you can buy these things. Again, you know, do the due diligence up front. These are not recommendations. But if you want to buy the tech sector, you, you know, there's other ones. But I'll just say XLK. There's a sector fund where you can own the whole sector. Healthcare. Go down the line of any sector. You want to own materials. Whatever it may be in your portfolio. Commodities, as you were talking about before, Scott, as far as having uncorrelated assets. These are things that you can add to your portfolios very easily by just making the trade as a small percentage. Um, which leads That's right. And Tom, I would also add really quick, they're yep. also very liquid. So yep. when you're adding mm-hmm. or subtracting these things from a portfolio or a strategy, you're not stuck in them. So any given day, if things change or if you know the, the market is, is on a tear or on a fall, you can obviously massage those positions very easily throughout the day. Okay. Well, I wanted to ask you, that's a good point. Yes, the, the ETFs or exchange-traded funds, unlike mutual funds, you can trade them like a stock, as your, to your point. 
Um, number one, they're passive. They own a sector or a basket of stocks or whatever it might be, and they can be traded. So that's and their um, their fees are next to nothing. So those are all good things with these exchange traded funds. How they can really, I think, add value to your portfolio. Um, and, and then I'm getting to one other, and I don't know if you would consider this an uncorrelated, which I meant to ask about this earlier, but real estate. We got. I guess we have to talk about real estate. Number one, should it be owned? How do you own it? Does it make sense? And so on. I mean, I'll let you go with that. Sure. Not, not all real estate is created equal, so you have to be somewhat specific with what the real estate you're doing is. So that could be, uh, to your point, it could be an ETF. That could be a. That could be also a uh, a REIT, REIT or even some direct real estate or some direct participation programs or things like that. Our, our thought is that right now real estate has provided a lot of great uh, non-correlation value. Mm-hmm. I like, and then secondarily, it also pays a nice yield in some cases. So the fact that real estate has managed to hold a lot of its value through some of the volatility in equities is really a great sign. Plus the fact that real estate has a, a favorable outlook. There's a lot of demand for real estate right now. The housing market has been very strong. Commercial real estate, depending on where you are, has been good and bad a little bit. Kind of, uh, it was frothy for a while, and now I think it's a little bit too far down. So it's um, it's a sector in itself overall that looks very strong going forward because rates, even though they are going up, are still not very high, and there's still a lot of demand for real estate out there in certain sectors. And the easiest way to own it again in your portfolio is, and we always talk about real estate as being, it's not liquid. Yeah, if you own it, you're, you know, um, but it, as far as, again, owning it as an exchange-traded fund in your portfolio, that would be probably the easiest way to, to include it, right? Agreed, because you made a good point. If you're going into direct real estate, as we know, and when we own our homes or we own, you know, an investment property somewhere, that's typically not liquid like a, like a, even like an REIT is, or maybe like a, uh, an ETF is. So if you're looking to add real estate to your portfolio, and depending on how much and what you're looking at doing exactly, the liquidity option is something to keep in mind because you don't want to get stuck in something where you're going to have to suffer through a bear market in real estate because you can't get out of it. Well, let me ask you this. We have a few minutes left, and I want to make another um, offer here in a few minutes here. But um, if I was to say... You know, I'm sit down with someone and say, "Is there a blueprint? Is there a process to create an investment plan? Can you just? I mean, is there uh, that you can say? And I know everyone's a little unique and different, but is there a step by step process as far as creating an investment plan? Yeah, there's there's typically a handful of questions that everybody should answer, uh, and that can be part of the materials too that we share that we offer because there's some questions you need to ask yourself with respect to what you're looking to do and kind of where your, your risk tolerance is and, frank, frankly, where your demeanor is when it comes to things that the markets do. Um, and so that's kind of the first step because what we can do from that standpoint, and, and, and you've done this very well, Tom, is based on the answers to some of those questions, let's say it's probably about five or six questions, we can determine what the right course of action is and what the asset classes are that we need to own based on what somebody's kind of overall, overall outlook is and what their tolerance is for risk. Yeah, so... You know, it's it's a matter, like you said, of sitting down, really understanding. And I think in this market, you know, it's always hard to, I think the comments have been made, and you know, it's hard to really understand what your risk tolerance is when the market's continuing to go up. It's times like this that if you're starting to feel uneasy or you're not sure, maybe this is an opportunity to, to take a look at your portfolio and, as we said, understand what you own. It's just like anything in life. You know, you go into a doctor's uh, office, they don't say, okay, let's let's start surgery today, let's get on the table and cut. 
they want to see what you, what you know do the testing and understand and do the examinations it's the same thing with your portfolio and so what i would say and again i'll make this offer and you just offered it scott um is some of the information um understanding uh this process of creating an investment plan how do you create an investment plan that's suited for you under and then including in the portfolio commentaries the strategies We'll include all of this for anybody that wants it. There's no cost or obligation. It's all about getting you informed so you can control what you can. And let's try to, uh, again, minimize the stress as much as possible and create a plan. We're focusing today on investment planning. But for those of you that want this information, again, no cost or obligation, 630-934-1855. 630-934-1855. We'll get the information out to you. If you want to do a portfolio, so if you want us to... Do a complete analysis of what you currently own. You want to schedule some time. Again, you can do that as well when you give us a call. Or just email us directly if you have a a specific question. Um, And so we've covered a lot of ground here today, Scott, um, as far as creating an investment plan, the importance of understanding, including non-correlated assets, understanding where do bonds fit into your portfolio, and really just creating an investment plan. So I wanted to thank you again for spending time today. And we offered some of the information. I appreciate you providing all that information that we can provide to people as well. So, um, again, thanks for joining the show today. I hope you can come back again, and we'll get into some more uh, topics as it relates to investment planning. I will. Thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate it. Again, that's Scott Martin. He's the Chief Investment Officer of Kingsview Wealth Management. Tune in to Fox Business again. You're going to see him on there. He's a contributor there. He's a lecturer, a speaker. He's been doing this for a long time. He's a wealth of information. And so, again, we really appreciate the information, and I hope this has helped you in your perception of what's going on in the market. And as I said, if you want any more additional information, create an investment plan, get this information, give us a call, 630-934-1855, 630-934-1855. As always, everyone have a blessed week, and let's get to work. Annuity guarantees rely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurer. Any references to protection benefits or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products or services. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by Retirement Wealth Advisors, Inc. The Alpha Wealth Hour, presented by the Alpha Wealth Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.